You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Grain's digital news podcast. Welcome to the 50th episode of Version Control. We've come a long way from our humble beginnings as a show recorded in a closet, originally called The Poundcast, until we found out that some comedian already had the name. Version Control was the brainchild of our creative director, Jackson. Early episodes sound like they were recorded in 1925, possibly in a giant tin can. They were also around an hour long and mostly about Star Wars. And as you know, I'm Jackson Murphy. And I'm Nick Kewen. And we're from Pound and Grain, digital creative agency in Vancouver and Toronto, and we like to hear ourselves talk. That's all I care about, really. Fame, fortune, podcasting glory. It's been almost four years since we took the plunge into the world of podcasts. Back then, the podcast was a well-established but oft-misunderstood medium. There were no predictions at the time about what Virgin Control was to become, but certainly none of us involved would have been able to picture episode 50. But how did we get here? Internet Talk Radio, Flame of the Internet. That was an example of the Proto Podcast. Carl Malamud's Internet Radio advertised the show as asynchronous radio, touting novel features such as the ability to pause, jump forward, and jump back in the timeline of the show. It's a far cry from the podcast of today, which can draw thousands, if not millions, of listeners. Podcasts today are capable of attracting a high dollar ad spend, T Ray celebrities, and launching crossover success in the form of hit TV recreations. The future is certainly bright, and it's high time that the podcast step into the limelight. Join us as we commemorate our momentous 50th episode by digging into where the humble podcast has been, where it's going, and how it works as a tool for digital marketing. Yeah, you know what this is. It's a celebration, bitches. Version Control presents episode 50, The Power of the Pod. It's really interesting how the three of us are recording the 50th episode because I think the last time we recorded just the three of us together was in the closet bathroom at the old office. It would definitely be that long ago, yeah. God, yeah. that was a great podcast studio. Uh, you know what? Glass wall. Yeah, I'm nostalgic for it, for sure. The yeah. table we would fold up at the end. <laughs> Folding table, echoes. Oh, and... Barely able to fit in a close proximity bathroom. And various, like, jerry-rigged microphone stands. Oh, amazing. There was, there was no microphone stands. So. We had tape taped them to shelves, and they were, like, <laughs> hanging, and this is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. The humble beginnings of podcasting. Yeah. You got didn't at one point you guys like went to a studio too because I remember um, when I was, was like even, that was even worse when I you would, asked me to join I was like oh I'm gonna listen to all of them which was, <laughs> I think there was like eight of them eight yeah. or nine of them before I joined and there's one where you guys were like doing a podcast next to rehearsal space and you could just hear like Stairway to Heaven on an infinite loop but played really poorly it, it tragically was, hip yeah it was ah, tragically that's hip, what yeah. it was okay. nonstop it was because like a, it was like. I think Gord Downey had announced he was like, had his like yeah. cancer. He di- it wasn't because he died. It was like pre that. I came out of that room feeling very patriotic. It was kind of weird. 
Yeah. A lot of Canadiana happening there. It was like a full on. But like every booth was doing <laughs> tragically hip. It was like the whole. And then you guys were in there trying to talk about Instagram. Yeah, it made no sense. It was. It was. It was a. It actually got worse. Very flawed experiment. Yeah. It was not so much. It was not the soundproof studio that we needed. It no. Was, it was a rehearsal space for bands. <laughs> but our our miscalculation was that like, who, who's doing that kind of rehearsal midday? Oh. You know what the thing is with rehearsal spaces? I pr- I'm pretty sure that only punk and heavy metal bands rehearse in them. Like, it's all you hear. Yeah. Or maybe that's just what you hear through the walls, but it's crazy. Like, how many metal bands there are in this city? Because everyone's got to chase those dreams, Nick. Just like we did with the podcast. Where are they playing their metal shows, though? Anyways, that one was a bust. I but like then the- you brought it to the, to the closet bathroom. True. And also, I just realized that we didn't put the blanket down. Uh, is it echoey? It's a little bit echoey. Okay. So basically, it. like on our fiftieth podcast, it's been ruined. <laughs> we we ruined. <laughs> we've been we've been foisted by our own incompetence. Fifty one uh, is going to be so yeah. much better, guys. And we're back. Well, that was embarrassing for you, Nick. It was a little embarrassing <laughs> for me, but it's very appropriate for version control number fifty. Do you remember uh, when it was the Poundcast? I do remember when it was the Poundcast. I think. I loved the name The Poundcast. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. And then some jerks already had it. Did they actually end up doing anything with that name, though? I think it was still, like, fallow. Like, they, there was another podcast called The Poundcast. But, uh, like, it hadn't had any new episodes. Like, no. But they obviously were thinking it was going to be big. Yeah. But we didn't even wait for the cease and desist, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, not... Like an official cease and desist, but they just psycho. Yeah, kind of. They didn't send a yeah. guy to break our legs. <laughs> no, that's no. good. No, I mean I like the new thing, but it definitely was hilarious because like how they found it and how they found ours in the first place is quite amazing. Yeah, I think I remember being kind of stoked that somebody found it in general, <laughs> <laughs> and even if they only were you know sending cease and desist orders, but. Well, I definitely just re-listened to the first episode, and I can attest for all who are involved, uh, you and me, Nick, that the sound quality is abysmal. Right. <laughs> Ouch. Right. I, my, it sounded like we were like under the sea in a submarine, perhaps. Yeah, like like we were like one of those crabs who like lives in a shell, and we kind of retreated into the shell. Yeah. Crazy. And also, we bought a specific podcasting microphone but it honestly i'm sure sounds like it was just recorded on an iphone like not better no. at all than just a phone would have done <laughs> no <laughs> the yeti mic the yeti top quality yeti mic we don't even use that for meetings anymore no, no. it's a terrible microphone i'd steer clear <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a prop now one star on amazon <laughs> yeah. yeah um they they really like for being touted as just a podcast mic, they really did not hit the mark. But you know. I, th- I think it was because it was more designed for um, like a solo podcaster, like right. someone just in their own bedroom giving their own thoughts on um, mm-hmm. you know whatever topic that got them going, and no one listened to. Right, um, right. Not a two or more person podcast in a glass room type mm-hmm. scenario in an office that so. has rabid followers. <laughs> rabid followers yeah so that, yeah. That, is that how you initially pitched the podcast to nick it was like one mic two dudes rabid followers let's do it i think it was more like can 
can you record things? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess I kind of, I have before. And he's like, do you think you could record a podcast? And I said, I don't, I think, I don't know. Sure. That's I'm just- sure I would have loved to have like under, like had like a Nick's internal monologue of like, what is this guy? Yeah. What does he want to do? Oh, for me, I was like, that sounds neat. Um, what even is a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings no, us to I, today's I, topic. Yeah. You sort of knew? I did. I definitely knew what podcasts were. I wasn't really actively listening to any at the time. So I was like, oh, I better figure out what the, the scene is here and see if I can actually do that. And then it's just people talking. So sure, why not? <laughs> not, not all of them. But no, no, not all yeah. of them. Um, There's definitely like an evolution of podcasts. But, but back then it was just like talk as long as you can well back back then some, <laughs> it sounds like it was 50 years ago yeah it was four years ago it was four years ago which <laughs> a, a lot's happened in the podcast world since then but um yeah back then some popular ones were really bad like very poorly recorded and including could, ours including ours but ours was not popular yet but uh some that were actually notable um that yeah I, I used to listen to some that like did a cross-country skype like yeah and yeah. just the audio is terrible on this episode. Yeah, yeah, like sorry, nothing we can do about it. Listen, listen anyway. Like that was just the way of the world. They kind of did get away with it too. Yeah, it was it was sort of endearing. <laughs> it was endearing, just yeah. like our. I listened to episode one, which somehow it's not on iTunes, but it's on our SoundCloud. Very strange occurrence. But now, if we upload it to iTunes, it'll become the latest. Yeah, which would be. Yeah. Really funny people. <laughs> like, why is this? Why does this sound like it was recorded in a submarine? And why are they talking about such old topics? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we can get the non sequitur under the submarine episode in there. And we had some really great, just slow jazz intro and outros <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, like. Well, I had a Kurt Blanche with that, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like ra- jazz. radio shows. Sure, yeah. they have some smooth jazz." It was kind of a more NPR kind of theme format. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, like why, why did you want to start what was called the Poundcast to begin with? Well, I mean, we had Nick as our, like, summer intern. Oh, mm-hmm. way back. Young Nick. Young, young Nick. Young Nick. <laughs> no mustache back then. Oh, and, stashless. Yeah, we just kind of, like, set up shop in Toronto, and a friend of a friend had, like, introed you, and mm-hmm. you seemed... I was keen. You were keen. You were my, my, ready to go. My tail was wagging. Your tail was, <laughs> yes, you were very eager. Yeah. yeah. Young, young Nick. Uh, was, wasn't, uh, wasn't Nick, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first uh, writer of the Weekly Wins? Yeah. Well, that was the thing was we, that, that when Nick got here, we were like, oh, we can do a lot more content. So mm-hmm. we said we should start doing a kind of weekly content piece that became the Weekly Wins. And that was something we're still doing. And then we were like, mm, maybe we could do podcast mm-hmm, experiment mm-hmm. we, we called it a summer of experiment experimentation which has never stopped we've continued <laughs> we haven't Some, pulled the plug on either people, yeah. other people define summer of experimentation slightly differently than that but no yeah. that was it that was the most fun things we could think of yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's write some cool content yeah. yeah but that's a good model i mean and just based on the consistency of the weekly wins the fact that we're up to the 50th episode of the podcast like it's just content uh like it, as an offering as like a, almost like a, this is what we do. Yeah. Cause I remember when I started like to follow the stuff, um, it was a, at one point it just became about, well, what else do they do and discovering different things? And, and pounding green as an agency was like in a lot of different 
pools at that point, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. And we're yeah. still there. Yeah, I think so. And the podcast has evolved nicely because it, it had gone... <laughs> It, it, we got, it, went into, it. <laughs> it went into reruns a few times where we didn't uh, post yeah. at all for long periods of time. And yeah. there's there some also, years we did like very few. Yeah. And there was, uh, the, at first it was just a free for all. There was not much formatting happening. We had one thing. There was the digital pics. Nailed it right there. Nailed it. But we it, nailed it. But mm-hmm. aside from that, it was sort of just, here's a broad theme, broad topics, do as you will. And as we will if left on our own we, we just talk about movies eventually it, it really <laughs> devolved quickly into <laughs> pop culture and movies at every turn yeah, yeah. we talked about the kardashians a lot in those early days you yeah. definitely talked about the kardashians a lot it was yeah. like a kardashian corner i feel like we episode. don't have enough kardashian content going on right now said the k-word yeah <laughs> i feel like we could use some more yeah um i was very nervous when you guys asked me to be on for the first time like because I'd never been on a podcast. I'd never, I mean, I've been in front of a microphone before, but not in like this capacity. And like, I get it. Like when we ask people to be on and they've never been on, they're always like slack and be like, so what's it like? Is it really difficult? I'm like, Nick is really hard to work with. Yep. Real hard. Abrasive. No. He's always drinking tea. Yeah. (laughs) No one Uh, who drinks tea can be mean. That's a rule. That that could be a truism. yeah. 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 But I think the overall thing is that like, it actually once you kind of get started, it's easy. Like you're just talking, just talking. Yeah. So that and like that's kind of what I like about just the podcast in general is it's unfiltered. It doesn't have a whole lot of agendas other than conversation and subject, um, but it can, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of stuff you can do with the format of audio and theater of the mind, mm-hmm. uh, which is super fun. Well, also, I feel like ours is actually pretty organic. We just talk, and I sort of might cut out some ums and ahs or some gaffes. So a microphone falls over, I might cut that out. But aside <laughs> from that, super cut of like Jackson's like ums, ahs, likes, and yeah. heavy breathing, usually and, and chewing, usually chewing something <laughs> crunchy before we get started. That's just for your pleasure. Just, just yeah. for my. That's because you guys would never let us do like a taste um, segment where we were tasting things. Oh, there was supposed to be that. Remember, we back? tried to do like mm. sponsored. Uh, we were trying to do a beer pairing <laughs> with, with with each episode. There was a beer thing at first. I, I think we did a couple episodes where we said what we were drinking while we were doing it. Well, it also it started at a. 5 p.m. on Friday type of thing. Terrible and, idea. And then sometimes became like a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. So the yeah. beer the beer thing sort of yeah. went away. Yeah, the first couple episodes having a beer seemed like a good idea. As it came on in time, it seemed like a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what are some of the highlights from the first couple episodes? From, I guess, the, the dynamic duo? Well, I, I think like I, having just listened to the first two episodes again mm. today... Yeah, get that uh, listener count up. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing that strikes me is it's just so pers- like personal taste oriented. Mm-hmm. Like my first digital pick was about um, Josh Donaldson, the MVP of the 2015 Blue Jays or of the MLB season and how yeah. it was just then that there was a uh, all-star voting um, barrage on to like get him to be the, the number one vote getter of all time. As a Jackson-esque pick, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember for my part, I went in saying, I'm just going to be Roz to Jackson's Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 
I think we all start there. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to let him say all the stuff with his big brain, and I'm going to ask some questions here and there to sort of like prod that. Um, hopefully, I've learned some things by now that I can say some things sometimes. But well, and mostly, you had and you had a shtick too. You all of your picks were usually like the, oh, the end of the world, the what end a, of the world, that wasn't or a, like digital was taking over. Was, wasn't wasn't a shtick. I'm still scared of all that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just real. <laughs> But I dialed it back a little just so it doesn't sound too depressing all the time. But I'm still, we can talk about like 5G networks and things like that. Yeah. You've come a long way. I've come a long way. I don't find that I have. I found that if you listen to me on the first episode or in this one, I sound the same. I hate my laugh. I hate my voice. I hate all of my mannerisms and I don't like hearing my voice to this day. Amazing that you suggested a podcast tonight. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. I, I like talking i just don't like hearing it right so i'm i'm really excited to talk about and get excited about the issues but i do not like to listen to it later so so maybe you're not the one who's qaing it then thankfully no yeah yeah Yeah. but now that like podcasting has been happening pretty consistently for a lot of companies like there's a lot of learnings that we all take like i think short sweet is is usually pretty good mm-hmm. high production value like nick has been adding like the music and mm-hmm. different segments uh, kind of breaking it up has really kind of helped i yep. think i think dialing into a theme also yeah i mean at, at first we were a little busy <laughs> a little busy a lot going on there so at least we can you know focus and yeah. you can i mean when i listen to podcasts you can you can get a lot out of 15 minutes actually when you're very dialed in so yeah um and that's where people want the di- still want digestible chunks because mm-hmm. they listen on the go. So. Yeah, I would assume that that still holds true. I mean, I don't have any hard evidence on that, but I think a lot of the podcasts that are consumed are for commuters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, like I listen to three or four of them a day just based on my commute. I think people will do up to an hour, but they still it needs to be segmented still, mm-hmm. so they can pause and come back. Yeah, drop out. You know. And also, like, there's the for a lot of them that I listen to, they have their commercial breaks, right. which is, and again, like, it's so weird because uh, I, even though I have the power to skip them, sometimes it's just like, you know what, I'm gonna listen to this one just out of respect, and like, <laughs> or or it'll, or because I'm like so regimented with the timing, I'm like, if I skip it, then I'm gonna have dead air mm-hmm. for the last four minutes walking home, so I don't want that. So I will listen to this promo for Captain Morgan. The only thing that's weird about that is that they generally have a consistent commercial throughout, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. if you listen to episode six has the exact same commercials as episode one did, you need a little more variety there probably. I prefer the ones where they're like reading it themselves. Oh yeah, that's good. Like where, and it was, it was weird. Like I think probably about six years ago, um, I was asked to like, I, I love writing radio. Like that was my, my thing. Um, when I got to write radio in the twenties. Yeah. Um, and one time it's 104 years. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I just feel like that sometimes. Um, but one time they asked me, just like, Oh, you don't need to write the script. You just need to write like almost like talking points. And then they'll just kind of like talk into it. And I didn't realize what I was doing until, um, I started listening to a lot of podcasts and then, and then you just hear the host kind of like integrating that into their, into their topics, Mm -hmm. which I think is a, is a skill. Like, to not have a definitive, now we're going to talk to you about Wendy's. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, you know, 
you're able to do that naturally where it doesn't feel forced. Also, I listen to a podcast um, where it's four guys once a week talking about politics. And there's like one guy who plays the role of like steering them down the track. And his game is he springs the like ads on them, like in like right in the middle of like a deep conversation. <laughs> like they'll be talking about like Abraham Lincoln. And he'll be like, you know what, you know what like Abraham Lincoln's like number one problem was? He didn't have a he, Sonos. He couldn't get a good night's sleep. And so like <laughs> Andy's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> And like the other people would just be like, Oh my God, he did it to us again. <laughs> I really liked that. Cause he just, he worked at it and just was like, he, he sprung it on and f- figured a way to make it kind of fun. And then you were all like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think most of the like live reads, you're like, I don't know if they're really using like the pillows or the sheets or the, yeah, whatever it is they're hawking. That's um, true. But also- I feel it, it, it doesn't always come across as like, Oh yeah, I'm sure. Some of it is like, yeah, okay, I can buy Rob Sesternino, the Survivor podcast guy, doing his like snack box service and being, oh, I like those Coco Nom Noms. And you're just like, <laughs> I could kind of see him like actually liking something called the Coco Nom Nom. But yeah, the guys from The Watch, I like how it's like personalized because you feel like you know them. They talk about their personal lives, they talk yeah. about their kids and things. And then when they talk about the home theater system, that they use. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, they might. So that's, yeah. that, I, I can get behind that. I can get, I can get behind that. It nope. does have to be topical though. Like yeah. it can't be completely out of the blue no. or cause if, and if it is, I'm fine for them to break conversation and be like, okay, now we're going to stop and I'm going to talk to you about Ikea kind of yeah. thing, which is, which is fine. But it's weird because like the rules seem different. We're a lot more lenient with it. Yeah. Cause if you were watching the news or something and the two anchors are just like, all of a sudden just started to integrate ND mattresses into <laughs> the six o'clock news without taking a break. I can feel a little bit intrusive. Yeah. But, but I think it's weird how it's like podcasting seems to be able to get away with it. It's, it might be just because like we were saying, the humble roots of even podcasting has just started so informally that yeah. sort of, that's just sort of baked into it, even though there's ad dollars now and there's, you know, people recording in professional studios professional personalities are involved yeah. but we're still just like give them a pass a little bit yeah i mean yeah. It, it makes it a lot more sense a lot it makes a lot more sense when the person talking about the product you can actually connect the dots and be like oh yeah i buy that yeah, yeah. she's a uh, drunk she definitely <laughs> does like the wine service i i only say that because i occasionally listen to like a vanderpump rules podcast but well it's not a vanderpump rules podcast tv show you love vanderpump rules so good this is opening the door into like i mean what do you guys listen to on a regular basis and like i'm not gonna accept you know i'm I'm an avid listener of the daily like what is your what is your guilty pleasure (laughs) well first of all i am an avid listener of the daily great show yeah but the subject matter of like what they're talking about I, I have a limit on how much I can listen to about a particular subject. So, and they seem to talk about it a lot. It's kind of dependent on world news though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You're talking Donnie T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty all, it's like all Donnie T. It's yeah. hard not to be. I like that we're saying Donnie T. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but so, okay. You're, you're listening to the, to your Vanderpump after, after show. Is that what it is? Well, I guess my like regular go-tos are, yeah, a weekly Rob has a podcast to like, to 
to catch up on Survivor. For some reason, I still listen to that. It's a good one to like go to bed with. So I don't listen to them commuting. I just listen to them right. like when I'm trying on to go the, to bed on the way to sleep or through the middle of the night when I wake up with insomnia. Do you think it's got a bit of like, uh, like podcasting has a little bit of like internet culture baked into it because you're not seeing anybody, you're only kind of hearing them. And it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the audio equivalent of a tweet sometimes. Definitely. Like you have to constantly be Mm -hmm. hot taking and yeah, like kind of finding those hot button things to say. Yeah. Even though it it sounds counterintuitive i suppose but it cuts out the noise in a lot of ways You're, yeah you you have less stimuli to deal with yeah even though of course it is an audio format so what did you guys first listen to in terms of a podcast i my first that i got really into was this american life like i was saying i had never really listened to them like three years ago so i i had a lot of content to get through there i found this American Life, and I was like, oh, this is great. And I have 675 episodes I could potentially <laughs> like, listen to. I found this to. new show called Law and Order. Yeah, it's going to catch up over the weekend. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, still consistently good, I think. Um, yeah. It it's stays topical, but gets into some real human interest stories, some real personal touching stuff, uh, and some just some neat stuff that happens in the world. I love it. Yeah. And Ira Glass and his team are also very great hosts and uh, journalists as well. They're great mm-hmm. voices, great storytellers. I think that's the key, um, is storytelling. Yeah. By either through conversation or through a scripted format. You can tell when somebody's a little bit nervous about telling a story because they're just stumbling through it a little bit. There's no smoothness. But my first was the BS report, uh, the Bill Simmons report. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a sports guy, so I that was the first sort of podcast I, I subscribed to. And then... Back then, um, at the time, he had launched something called Grantland, uh, which to me, at the time, I was like, is this what content could be? Is it, it's not a one thing, it's a cultural movement, and then you're just blasting it in a whole bunch of different channels. So Grantland had the podcast, it had the videos, it had the articles, um, and then sat, and then it had 30 for 30, which is this amazing documentary series. And then sadly it kind of like went away thanks to corporate ESPN and Bill Simmons has launched the ringer, which I feel like has really launched, uh, like the, the arms of content way beyond, uh, where anybody thought it could be. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool in terms of like their podcasts and their articles and their social content. Um, so they do it right in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, before, like, cause I probably, in about 2010 was listening to lots of movie ones and Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. um, the Smodcast ones. And when he was like big on, like he had eight different things going yeah. every week and great storyteller. Yeah. And some of those ones, like, I, yeah, I still think one of his best ones was, yeah, probably like an hour and 40 minutes reviewing avatar and, <laughs> positing like what's happening on the avatar planet on the other side of the planet and like what's going is there a clerks happening with a bunch of like blue guys blue guys somewhere over there Um, well and and then he just went deep of just like what the avatar world was and that had no it was just them saying stupid stuff but his was one of, and Nick brought this up last week though. His was one of the first, uh, like it started at a, as a podcast and actually turned into something else. Like that movie Tusk, 
Mm. It started as like an episode on the Smodcast where they were just kind of like talking about this could be a movie or something like that. Yeah. And then they actually made a movie out of it. And then yeah. that like in a way is similar to um, home, Homecoming, Homecoming, Serial, which now has like a real documentary after it and stuff like that. So and all these kind of like you brought it up last week, like all these all these podcasts that are turning themselves into other things. Totally. What's that yeah. other one? The Truth About John or Dr. John? What's it called? Oh, yeah. Dirty John. Dirty John. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still in its like those are like that process, I think, is still trying to figure itself out because they're not all hits. Right. Um, it's like, it's just that it's coming in with an ingrained audience. Yeah. They've seen that's it's been market tested to some extent. The story has at least. Yeah. Then will it translate for screen? I think like the 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 more that the pros get into podcasting, whether that's Apple or mm-hmm. you know, as like people buy up these the, the podcast companies that were doing harsh, like hardcore branded podcasts for tech companies and yep. startups and stuff like that. I think that's the that's kind of where things are are going, and that the are, it, it's probably still the same sort of thing is that there'll be more kind of TV style programming of mm-hmm. like oh we need a we need a comedy podcast on you know whatever. But I, I think you're bringing up an interesting point though is like from a branding standpoint, does it make more sense to create a podcast network? as opposed to a particular show or do you start with a show with the intention of creating a network because in that that way you can be like oh and here's our comedy our, our coke comedy podcast our coke dramatic podcast our coke product heavy one yeah. right like it's a different way of marketing things yeah uh, if you do it well yeah but i think those will be more like the the networks will be more owned by the same kind of companies that own like other entertainment networks. Mm-hmm. And then, cause I, I always think that there's been those kind of after shows on networks. And I think only Bravo's kind of work successfully. Like the, the interview style, mm. like recaps work well, if you have the access to all the people, Yeah, the like audience kind of like hype man, um, sort of like the old Hill style MTV ones, mm-hmm. which I definitely watched. <laughs> But you definitely feel because it's not third party that you feel like it's kind of like um, not authentic. Then, yeah. Then it would be um, how it is kind of now. So I would think like some brands like it's best to third party it and some yep. to, you know, kind of go all in on it for yourself. Totally. I agree. Yeah. I feel the same with like Rogers and, and the Blue Jays. They have a bunch of sports podcasts and Blue Jays podcasts, but like you do kind of start to like wonder the coverage of the blue Jays by the owners of the blue Jays Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily fill you with like a bunch of confidence that they're going to (laughs) be like super critical of the team or the choices of the team. Um, they're they're by by and large pretty honest about like, well, the team is definitely not great, (laughs) but in particular, but if it wasn't, if it was another network doing it, you'd be like, these guys suck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that's a that's a particular category, right? Like yeah. news is a is a category. Yeah. I think what's cool about podcasts, it doesn't always have to be about news. No. Like it can be historical, it can be fictional, like radio play ish, yeah. which is also really interesting. Yeah. Another cool thing is if you can find a way to position well and, you know, make it work, it's relatively cheap to create. I mean, you need the talent, but 
equipment wise, I, I mean, compared to other mediums. Just don't get the Yeti. <laughs> Steer clear of the Yeti. But Yeti will that, not be sponsoring this podcast, <laughs> by the way. I don't. We don't want their money. <laughs> but aside from that, it's still you know it's pretty cheap in and pretty cheap to create an experiment around it at least. Yeah. See if it works. I think it's just like a hard work, like any bit of content. Yeah. Like if you're if you're thinking, you can just go and do it. It's it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and definitely a lot of like the equipment's not the expensive part. It's the time planning, editing, you know, and all the all, smart thinking, all the smart think. <laughs> yeah. Smart thinking. Yeah. Smooth talking. I love the smart thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, 50 episodes kind of amazing. Thanks for being on the ride, Nick and Scott. Respect the hustle. I can go first because it's, not a very specific one this time. I'm, I'm, this is more just a question. I read Pitchfork a lot. Pitchfork online. Not a real magazine. Um, but a lot of the albums that are being reviewed lately are coming from Toronto bands, which is not was not the case previously. Uh, I would like to ask you guys if you think that it's being... If I'm reading a Canada-specific version of this website, I don't know that. I don't think Pitchfork has like a Canadian. No, version, I, I just I just think it's interesting. The Drake effect is in full. Yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 rubbing off on the rest of the Toronto music scene. More and more often, I see the Toronto young upstart Toronto band or you know Toronto solo musician. And uh, a few years ago, you never even saw the word Toronto grace it's, the Pitchfork pages. So did it start when I moved here? Might have. <laughs> They found out about you, Jackson. So I guess I guess my respect to Hustle is A, to Pitchfork if they're redirecting Canadian content to me. Good for you guys for being smart about it. B, to the Canadian music scene for finally taking off a little bit. When is, uh, when is old Nick going to be profiled on Pitchfork? They haven't called me yet. Uh, <laughs> every Instagram post, I hashtag Pitchfork. I assume they're seeing it, listening, and waiting for the big unveil. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet, though. Awesome. Sadness. How long have we been reading Pitchfork? Just so we know, like, has this been a dramatic change just recently, or has it just been like a drip feed? Yeah, I know five or six years probably. I mean, I dip in and out. I just, no, but the Canadian noticing Canadian bands. Noticing Canadian bands pff, last six months. Oh wow! Seriously, I mean, I'm not really. Yeah, I think maybe it is the Drake effect. More on the radar than we once were. So, bottom line, Canada should make music and not movies. Yeah, American <laughs> American music. Um, reviewers or outlets or things like that have always liked Montreal. That sounds cool and exotic. Toronto, not so much. That's just like a place up in the north that they don't know about. Mm. But here we are. Yeah, that's a good one. It's all yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally. Um, I'll go next. My Respect the Hustle is something called Liquid Death. <laughs> and uh, Liquid Death is recently uh, was a brand of aluminum canned water that was recently released um and it's not just that it's got an interesting name the branding for liquid death is very much like death metal but the reason why it's a little bit more interesting than like your standard sports drink or anything is it was started by this guy named mike casario uh who once worked at for netflix and really understands like what the if you have a product the branding is super super important um and what he's done is kind of Created six packs of expensive water, um, which unfortunately for us right now is only available in the U.S. Road trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess but, I'll die of thirst. Yeah. 
he announced that he raised $1.6 million for liquid death. Um, and that's just like for, for his company to, to, to serve water to people. It's, it's a canned Can water, water startup. The good thing about it is it's not like there is a thing to this. And if you go on the site, which will drop into the show notes, you'll see that like the branding for this thing is incredible. They've, they've done like really cool cartoons for it and they've kind of positioned themselves really well. But the whole thing is because they're putting water in these cans that are actually more environmentally friendly than plastic bottles. Um, so it kind of has a thing to it and you kind of have to dig a little bit for it. But what they're really doing is selling the brand first and then the, the environment story second, which is a conscious choice, which I think is smart for somebody like that, because what you're doing is entertaining people and then telling them that the entertainment that they're enjoying is actually for a pretty good cause. Well, it's kind of funny because everyone's been laughing at it a little bit, but everyone's also talking about it. So I think they might have nailed it. Totally. Um, I think it's it's just one of those things that like it this doesn't happen even last year I would say like a, a brand like this isn't able to be this successful unless it's this particular time with and it's just like old tap water in a can <laughs> more more or less basically yeah. what we're saying yeah it I is love it. but I, I like the like the fact that he's raised money to do this he has a message he just and he he focused really really well on the brand yeah and he didn't jump the gun and be like well you know let's just make it cheaper than every other water and then we'll sell a bunch of water like it's, it's make like it more expensive make it more expensive but then you're selling this sort of branded experience which is a cool. few years ago i was in uh spain and at a hotel i was at they only had one kind of water that came in a black like a matte black uh metallic bottle and it claimed to only have water that had never had sunlight touch it. So it's like <laughs> cave water. It's, it, it, it was like deep underground cave water that had never seen the light of day, even in the bottle. And that was their like unique selling proposition. It does, was like the vampire water of water. Does light change water in an adverse way? I don't, I don't care, know, I but it was. It. I think it was like nine euros a bottle or something. Uh, was it the most delicious stuff you've ever had? It tasted like tap water. Yeah. It's water, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It tasted just fine. But that I, I I was trying to look it up, but that that's what I thought of when I thought of the liquid death murder your thirst murder yeah. your thirst the guy also claims that nothing is better at murdering thirst than water and i don't know but first of all i don't know if thirst needs to be murdered but even if it were probably gatorade murders thirst pretty well depends yeah. depends depends yeah, i don't i can't actually i don't think i could be sit at my desk and drink i thought gatorade, gatorade was i thought gatorade was for hangovers i think gatorade murders thirst and water like soothes thirst mm, interesting mm. But, yes but I, with a name like liquid death soothe your thirst i don't know <laughs> i don't know nick if i trust your your water reviews if you had a water podcast given the fact that you drink yeah. warm uh soda water um and i like tea. the bubbles and tea, yeah. A water so, podcast would be amazing if they did it. Soda water makes my thirst dance. <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles. Uh, well, that's great. Mine is very short and very sweet, but I, I noticed over the weekend that it was a internet anniversary that 14 years ago was the delightful, charming meme of Leroy Jenkins. Ooh, good one. Um, so I thought it was appropriate since we were going back to the vault this week to talk about that one, even though over the weekend, I probably went into a wormhole of five or six lengthy articles that all along it was a staged, um, world of, it's world of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah it was, world it of Warcraft. Wow. Yeah. 
um, uh, sort of bit um, where one crazy person ruined the game for everyone by shouting out Leroy Jenkins and then destroying the game. That has become a, and we, we talked about this a little bit before, that is a full-on definable meme. Yes. Um, that made its way into an episode of Barry, which, are, yeah. Um, and how, how You Met Your Mother. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that people associate, like, the um, shoot then aim is kind of like the, that, that's, the, that's the Leroy Jenkins mentality. Felt felt uh, Daenerys was definitely Leroy <laughs> King's Landing uh, on episode uh, five uh, last night. Yeah. Uh, she was definitely doing that. And Jon Snow that and Arya were like definitely giving the same. <laughs> oh, Leroy. <laughs> I, that's crazy. I think it's 14 years old though. 2005. Oh yeah. And that, that it, it, it's, it continues to live on, even though it's peak memeness was 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and it continues to live on and people are still using it, searching it, using it in comments on, on social media today. That's what I find the most interesting is that it pops up in your life and you're like, oh, it's not a great two minute. That's like two minutes and 15 seconds, I think, the, the whole video. Yeah. Um, Staying power. A yeah. full 10 years before version control had been conceived of. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. boom. We need our Leroy Jenkins moment, but go give it a listen if you haven't. Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 50, The Power of the Pod. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on iTunes.